God save the king. <laughs> Episode 48 of Two Pals on a Pod. We're back. You might have noticed Toby there not joining in with the national anthem, which I think is very telling. Um, but good to have you back. It's nice that you've returned from your suspension for dressing inappropriately uh, the week before last. Um, slightly better attire this week. Thank you. Well, I think you might have noticed actually in that period of royal mourning that Charles actually doesn't sing the anthem along with everybody else because obviously he'd be singing to himself mm -hmm. and I think of myself as a king somewhat so really? obviously I don't sing it either when it's been you know adorned upon me I see you're still mm -hmm. in mourning with a black shirt as well whereas I I'm am back I'm forever in mourning I'm uh I'm back in technicolor as always yeah it's sort of disrespectful is, yeah. but you know I'll let you off the hook it's it's good of me really to sort of forgive you like that I think I, I don't really get enough credit for my sort of forgiving Ooh. side famously Queen Victoria wore black for 25 years after prince albert died so it's okay if you forged that emotional connection with the queen that i referenced on that previous pod mm -hmm. well i've been doing 23 years sense. so i'm sort of nearly <laughs> as good as her in a way you kind of predicated it in a way you were yeah. mourning the death of the queen mother or whatever she died back then didn't she maybe <laughs> diana back. yeah diana Forever in our hearts. Um, we have got lots to talk about this week. We're going to talk mainly sort of like dating dynamics, Tinder. We're also going to talk age gaps as well this week, which is going to be interesting. Uh, I guess, should we start on, should we start on age gaps or do you want to start okay. on dating? Age, age, age gaps is always an interesting one. There's plenty to go off there with, with that, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of talk in the sort of media recently in the last few weeks or whatever about you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's, who he's dating and that sort of stuff. And it's really interesting, like these sort of rhetoric and the talk around these kind of topics i always find it interesting because predominantly what i see on social media maybe you can correct me if if you disagree but i feel like it's the more sort of that the people more generally on the left who are, are more sort of for inclusivity and that kind of thing hmm. who seem to be very much against the whole age gaps um kind of relationships and think that anything outside of maybe three or four years is sort of creepy or hmm. wrong and these kind of things and i always think it's quite interesting because that to me is the opposite of inclusive that to yeah. me is like trying to implement your own beliefs on somebody else's relationships what's your thoughts on that yeah, I haven't really looked at it through the prism of politics before, but I would say that most of the people that slag Leo off, because he does have this kind of trend, doesn't he? There's a, an interesting trend, shall we say, an interesting pattern in the sense that he dates women from 21, 22 up until 25, and then he reached 25, and he essentially bins them off. I would well, say that... Interesting, I've... this time it was him that got dumped. Oh, really? Yeah, for wanting to get serious. You wanted to uh, to get in there before him, didn't she? You're yeah. going to dump me, so I'm going to get in there before you, so you can't. I, had I said thing. it first. I said it first. <laughs> it is probably a traditionally kind of third-wave feminist argument that he's taking advantage of young women with his power and his prestige and then is mercilessly splitting up from them traditionally, shall we say, and that they would, they would have an issue with that maybe. But I agree with you. I think, you know, a large part of feminism is about empowering women to make their own decisions, isn't it? Mm. As long as it's within the bounds of the law which, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. I think an age gap just spices things up a bit. I've seen it out and about before. The gays love an age gap. I've yeah. seen that. I've seen that first I've hand. seen that from it you, makes, first it makes, <laughs> when, when was that? When yeah, was that? He's about 30. Everyone's about 30, yeah. not Yeah. <laughs> it's not even <laughs> it's that much like of an age so gap, youthful. Guess, but, yeah. I'm basically 30 myself, though, to be fair. <laughs> Although the, the, the beard being shaved off does take a few years off, shall we say. Yeah, keep telling yourself that. But... <laughs> So I tell myself in the mirror every day. <laughs> but I, I, have, I honestly have no problem with that. I'm quite a laid back person. You do kind of take a mental note of it. I think society teaches people, you know, if you're out on a train or a bus or something, you see a couple together and one is considerably older than the other. You do kind of maybe take a second glance and go, yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Well, this is the thing. I, You've just made me think about something then, which I was going to bring up on the podcast that I completely forgotten about. And now I've just remembered. And when I went traveling, don't mention I went traveling, just, you know, just the two nights. Um, you spent more time mentioning you went traveling than you lasted traveling. <laughs> days, didn't you? But you spent three days talking about yeah. it. Oh, well, it's been a few weeks now. Um, but I, on the way back, on one of the flights back, the two people I had sat next to me, I didn't clock it at first, but I realised during the flight that they were a couple. I thought it was mother and son. Yeah. So <laughs> she must have been, I don't maybe she's age bad, I don't know, but she must have been late 40s, I reckon maybe 50s, maybe 50 or 55. And I thought he was maybe 38, I'm guessing. And so she was the older woman and he was the younger guy in this case. Now, we don't tend to look at women and go, oh, she's creepy. That's wrong. When it's the other way around, it tends to be when it's the guy that's the older one where it's deemed yeah. as creepy. It, it is weird because I think most people's natural responses to 
a younger man with an older woman would be giving a, a younger man a fist bump or a pat on the back or whatever and going, gosh, you know, wow, you've pulled her, you know, she must be a cougar or she must be minted, you know, something like that. Like you would, mm. you would venerate the man for getting a woman that is, that is so much older in that case, wouldn't you? But you wouldn't necessarily view the woman in a negative manner. And the same thing with President Macron. I think he's like 48, I want to say. And I think his wife is 66 or something. Yeah. She so was his teacher. A, at yeah, and she was his, his teacher as well. So, you know, no one, no, one's, no one calls her creepy. Maybe if you know the teacher backstory, you might do. But yeah. when you see them together, no one goes, oh, God, she's a bit creepy after President Macron. No, no way. We do look at... at, at older men being with younger women from a different perspective than we would if her roles were reversed, shall mm. we say. But I can honestly say, I don't care. But you are right in the sense that I do feel that some people, yeah, on the left, traditionally on the left, do seem to take it upon themselves to step in to something that is, is completely not involving them and going, actually, that's wrong. Yeah, it's weird, though, isn't it? As if, as if they, they have the arrogance to sort of implement their own idea of what a relationship should look like on other people. It's, it's very unusual. I, don't really I wholeheartedly blame Twitter for this phenomenon where just because you can tweet about something doesn't mean you should, but Twitter kind of gives people this kind of idea that they should have an opinion on everything. They've got a platform. Exactly. And not only is it I can have an opinion on everything, it's I can show people that I have this particular opinion about something that will make them think of me in a certain way, shall we say. Mm. Because I don't think that these people are that affected by who Leonardo DiCaprio is dating. So what's the need to wade into to kind of debates about them on social media? I don't quite understand how anybody can have a debate about something that they're not inherently invested in. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't affect them in the slightest and they don't have all the information about it. Like it's just yeah, <laughs> you're making right. a commentary window about so you don't really know. I think there's do. been very weird and worrying trends in Hollywood in terms of recently you think of the Me Too movement and you think of all the men taking advantage of their positions mm-hmm. and coercing younger women into performing sexual acts on them. But that's not Leonardo DiCaprio, he's not doing that as far as we know. He's doing no. that be libelous to suggest otherwise i feel like we're, we're missing the point and we're maybe looking at me too and expanding the scope of it beyond people that have actually done things wrong to people that are just dating somebody a bit younger than them yeah it's almost like criminal trying to sort of criminalize people before they've actually done anything kind of thing yeah. it's like well we've seen this pattern before so therefore he must be like everyone else exactly exactly it's, it's weird although i would say if i was on a, a dating app and i saw somebody had a profile and it was they were 40 or 50 or whatever and they said something like 18 to 24 year olds only i would look at them and think that is a bit weird yeah. you know if somebody's specifically seeking out somebody because of their age specifically because they are young i would frown upon that weirdly I don't know whether DiCaprio is doing that, but the patterns do suggest that he is in a, in a, in well, a way. But Interestingly, there's now rumoured, again, who knows if it's true or not, but now rumoured to be with or maybe with or seeing uh, Gigi Hadid. Is that how you pronounce the name? Gigi Hadid, yeah. Gigi Gigi Hadid. Hadid. And she's outside of the 25 bracket yeah. now. So maybe that's just PR from his team to be like, no, no, it's not, not the 25 <laughs> rule. Because look. You don't have a fetish for people born after. Who knows? But so. I, I do think it's interesting how extreme it's got as well. Because it's not even like we're talking about 18-year-olds and 80-year-olds here, where I could yeah. kind of be like, okay, this is generations apart. It's got to the point where I saw when Love Island was on, there were people complaining about like a three or four-year age gap. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I, they're adults. Like, I, I get if this was a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old, you'd have a point. But it's yeah. not. It's like, these are adults. Like, three or four years, come it on. Is, it is weird. I've had personal experience with that, obviously, as you know. I've dated people that are more than three years outside. Mm-hmm. of you know where the age that i am and it's kind of like well i couldn't believe it when i found out you were 23 it's like you know friends of saying that's like well, i don't really think i think a three-year age gap in the real world which we live in is completely trivial and it's and then you get the kind of so right when you were in year 11 he was in year eight <laughs> well yes but i'm not in year 11 and he's not in year eight and you weren't together at that point exactly to be very clear I don't understand that. It's it's obviously people looking at things from the perspective of 
Westerlin school, because obviously when you're in school, there's not that kind of fluid movement socially between years. You might know a couple of people in the year below. You might know a couple of people in the year below uh, above you, but your main social group comes from the people that are in your year, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're at uni and I mean, everything's everything, every single thing you can think of at uni is fluid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then you get into the real world and that's when you realize, Nobody really cares at all. Nobody. The people who say those things about, oh, you were in this year, were there in that year, it speaks to where they're at in their own lives. Like they're in the, yeah, the yeah. education system still. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're still in that mindset. So it's sort of very telling in that sense. But I think perhaps my opinions are maybe sort of also forged by the fact that my parents, the seven years between them, yeah. but I wouldn't even describe it as an, it doesn't feel like an age gap. Nice. I, I don't, don't notice it. They feel like a similar sort of age. Yeah. Like it's not like a big deal or anything like that. Uh, it's never really felt that way. So perhaps that's also informed my perspective on this. Yeah, me too as well. The exact same age gap between my parents and it, it never comes up in, in, in conversation. Mm. Also. And they met when my mum was 17. So even mm-hmm. that, I mean, these days that would be, you're not getting away with that. <laughs> you know, you're not. But it's not, Socially, some, you're not yeah. it's not something that has ever really come up in, in conversation at all. But no, I remember people, there's a, a couple on Love Island this year wasn't really paying that much attention, but there was a significant age gap there. They were comparing pictures of this is what X looked like in 2015. And this is what I think Gemma was involved in. It, and this is what Gemma looked like in 2015. Obviously, Gemma was really young. And the guy she was with at that point was quite a bit older. And it's like, yeah, she was a child in 2015. And he was an adult in 2015. <laughs> this is what happens when but, you reverse time. <laughs> but this is, this is the process of aging. And we're now in 2022. And it's almost as if people can form into you know the people that they actually kind of want to be and some you know we do it she did become a legal age shall we say and now that's okay well I think didn't she her and the guy that she won it with I'm pretty sure there's like four years between them or something like people passing that off as like a big age gap and that kind of I'm just don't I don't understand it again I think it's probably people that maybe haven't gone into the real world just yet I don't know or perhaps just have uh, a different collection of life experiences to put it politely it's, it's people that are stunned by the fact that two people can be together but not have lived their lives up until that point in complete parallel fashion mm. but yeah she was 15 and he was 19 and he was he was at uni and she was doing her gcses or whatever <laughs> but now we've moved past that like i don't i just i'll never understand it and i think it, it just speaks to the fact that if you're out of the educational system or i realized it ages ago nobody cares like i think that's my attitude towards most things so like if it doesn't affect me i'm not particularly bothered I do ask myself, like, what do I have any sort of like barriers at which I wouldn't date a person? And I think instinctively, it's going to be like, if it's multiple generations apart, instinctively, you're going to be like, we're not going to have a lot in common here. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is just not going to. Practically. Yeah, this is just not going to gel. I mean, I I don't even like my own generation. I struggle to relate <laughs> to my own generation. Never mind younger generations coming up when when I get a bit older. So I mean that in itself, I'm sort of like, oh god. I mean, I'm you know, it's not going to be that much of an age gap beyond perhaps five years for me because, I mean, I despise most of the people around my age. So it's like. God you sound like one of those people like. that listen to like 80s indie music and they're like, you know, oh, I think I was born in the wrong generation, guys. I'm not being edgy. I'm not being quirky, but I just don't fit in here anymore. Yeah, I do see what you mean uh, with that. I always preach when it comes to dating, which is what we're talking about today. It's not necessarily the age that matters. It's where you're at in your life. procedurally, mm-hmm. as in on a practical level, if somebody's still at sixth form and you're at uni, then if even if there's only only even if there's only one year gap you got somebody in year 13 somebody in the first year of uni you living two completely different rhythms i don't think that would i think that'd be very hard to make that work so it's similar in terms of if you're a final year uni student and you happen to head off with somebody else that's a final year uni <coughs> student but one of you's done two gap years or three gap years because you kept getting rejected by oxbridge I'm not naming any names um <laughs> <laughs> not naming any names at all but you know and you think oh gosh Yes, I'm 23 and you're, you're 21. No, what 19. difference does it make? You know, what difference does it make? Because you're both leaving that uni next you're both graduating together or whatever it's about. It's about that those things really matter much more than something as as kind of irrelevant as age, shall we say. But, but yeah. also, if you're dating a generation above or generation below, things may get a bit complex in terms of the common interests and in terms of your kind of desires, especially if, you, if there's a woman involved with the kind of biological clock. Mm-hmm. But it's all, there's also like a mind, a different mindset as well. So you can also be in a different headspace. Like just because, let's take Leonardo DiCaprio, just because he's 
48, I don't know, roughly that, that sort of age, doesn't necessarily mean that he mentally feels 48. He might feel 34 still. And perhaps maybe that's why he's dating 25-year-olds, 27, whatever. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the reason why, because obviously people's mental ages change and you have different life experiences that brings out different things as well. So it, a lot goes into what a person does and the decisions that they make, the people that they you know, fall in love with and that kind of thing. There's a lot yeah, going I on. Think- with him maybe he's got absolutely no desire to settle down at all but every woman that he gets to know on a meaningful level that's his age is looking to settle down because they're in their 40s and he happens to not well this is the thing about this this uh, most recent relationship is that apparently it was her that didn't want to settle down at 25 which i guess you can kind of understand maybe she wasn't ready but he is ready to settle down so you know so many different things get twisted and then the commentary comes along of like people just assuming things filling in the blanks and that kind of thing it's like a game of chinese whispers isn't it where you know people just get the wrong and this completely and then before you correct the record a tweet about it's got 100k likes as well. <laughs> and therefore becomes gospel yeah exactly because it has seen the on, most numbers because i've seen it on twitter so it obviously yeah. is, is very true but yeah it's, it's about what people want and it's about the, the stage that they're at in their lives and usually the two you know kind of have a symbiotic relationship where if you everything is settled in your life then you would want something that's settled whereas if everything's in flux in your life and you're living free living flexibly and you'd want a free and flexible arrangement i don't think i'd ever put like a specific number on how many years i would um date or you know be in a relationship with people like i wouldn't put an explicit sort of no more than six years or no more than nine Mm -hmm. years i wouldn't put a specific number on it because you never really know do you i mean i don't i can't see myself getting into a double digit sort of um, age gap relationship but you know who knows couldn't imagine myself looking at somebody that was over 30 and thinking they were attractive unless they're a celebrity. Um, <laughs> you make an exception for the status. I'm just thinking of Johnny Depp. Uh, I think we get on well like a, we get along like a house on fire, I think. Mm, yeah, definitely um, a house would be on fire for sure. This kind of segues pretty nicely onto our next topic, but when you're on a, a dating app, then do you not set parameters based on age? I I would. But again, it's sort of very much just a case of five years above, five years below. Like that's pretty much, it, you know, it's, it's not like a, a really thought out thing. <clears throat> it's just a case of like, yeah, about five years above, five years below. It's really difficult to, to put a number on it as well. Because like you say, different people in different life situations. Situation yeah. I'm in is quite uni in some ways, in the sense I've got a lot of freedom. But it's also a little bit work as well, in the sense that I do actually have stuff that I'm trying to get done and yeah. like I'm working quite hard on things. So it's a weird sort of in between the two. That I'm sort of floating between. It's difficult to find someone who's in the same sort of state as I am in that sense. Yeah. But I'm kind of allows me to be in both a little bit, if that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. One foot in each type of... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. We'll find out in the, in the <laughs> I suppose, as you'll live that life. Um, but yeah, we should also talk about dating as well. We want to we wanna talk about Tinder and all these kind of things and the sort of dynamics that are going on at the moment. Because we have, we've spoken about relationships more generally, but yeah. the dating dynamics that are going on now with different apps, um, I really sort of realised how they sort of have changed our thinking around relationships a lot. And I'm going to tell you another little story from my travels. Story so time stories. with them. Everybody kick back and relax. I'll put the kettle So there. many stories. We'll have a hot chocolate. Everybody gather around the uh, the campfire for uh, Ed's travel story. It's selling a short one, so I get too hyped up. Um, on, on my travels on the last evening, I decided to take my pizza and tiramisu that I'd Uber Eats into the uh, hostel. I decided to take it into the shared kitchen and just as a way of meeting people, is, is anyone going to be in there? Let's have a little chat or whatever. I walk in, there's a German girl cooking some food. Okay, That's like and... a joke. That's like a, a joke, <laughs> like the punchlines come in. <laughs> You'll be very disappointed. Um, and I, the first thing I say to her is, you know, can can you speak English? She's like, yeah, I can speak English. I was like, fantastic, because I can't speak German. <laughs> so I, I anyway, go sit down. We have a little bit of a, a chat or whatever. And I don't want to. I don't want to be nasty. I don't want to be. Don't want to. Don't to speak bad uh, in this sort of sense about her. But to put it in a nice way, on a night out, I would not have approached her. On Tinder, I wouldn't have swiped right on her usually. Just to put it in a nice way. Okay. I feel like there's a book coming as well. There is. Yeah. But having spoken to her for thirty minutes, let's say thirty yeah. minutes, something like that, yeah. and it, given the fact it wasn't. Hi, how are you? How are you? It wasn't the sort of boring conversation. We were actually, we were past that. We didn't even skip that first conversation. It was, oh, where are you traveling to? What have you been up to? Like that kind of thing. Like we sort of skipped that. And spoke to her for about 30 minutes. And I came away from it being like, 
do you know what? You're actually a little bit attractive thinking about it. Like you are actually, there's a, there's a bit, I'm not like, don't, don't get me wrong. I wasn't like, I'm not fallen head over heels, but yeah. my point is that there was more than I expected there to be yeah. having had that 30 minute conversation. And it kind of, and, and the reason for that was because I got to know a bit about her. So I, the fact that she's in the shared kitchen cooking rice and veg for herself, as opposed to, you know, out eating, it means that she's, you know, being proactive. It means that she can cook for herself. She's independent. She's traveling by herself. That tells me a lot about her, how, you know, how she thinks and the sort of person she is. She's adventurous. She's capable. She's able to, you know, travel by herself, interrailing for a month or whatever. This builds an idea of who she is. It gives me traits of her characteristics and these kind of things, quite yeah. desirable characteristics and traits. Someone that's independent, adventurous, traveler, likes to explore. She seemed very friendly. And it sort of changed the way I viewed her from yeah. sort of surface level of, yeah, not really attracted to her, whatever kind of thing, to, oh, okay, she seems like a really sort of sweet, nice person to talk to and that kind of thing. And it just made me think, ah, these dating apps have really sort of messed with our heads a lot here because I would never have really given her the time of day, not that I'm a looker, but I would never have given her a time of the day really or have been attracted to her. But that conversation, it just really it just changed things quite significantly. It was a slap across the face really for me. Cause even though I knew that people have personalities and it can change the way you view people, whatever. Yeah. When you see it firsthand like that, it's like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Meeting people in person is probably going to be where I'm going to find a better connection here. Cause like this sort of surface layer sort of finding the perfect looks and they've got to have a chill chiseled jawline <laughs> and the perfect hair and eyes and the perfect face always you realize it's all just a load of nonsense really like yeah you've got to have a bit of physical attraction whatever but actually you can find them more physically attractive once you've spoken to them yeah because it changes the way you perceive them <laughs> and it's just a really interesting sort of change of mentality from that conversation i mean what you've just described there is a perfect example of the halo effect and the halo effect is when you spot one positive desirable trait in somebody it filters through to what you think of the other traits that they might have so you might look at somebody and go oh they've got a good sense of humor and then suddenly they become more attractive to you mm -hmm. so one seeing one positive trait in somebody can then infiltrate how you think about the other traits about them if that makes sense mm -hmm. and obviously you weren't even attracted to her at first but you saw she was cooking thought well that's independent she could obviously hold a conversation mm -hmm. she was obviously traveling those are very attractive positive traits to have and then suddenly you're thinking well you weren't attracted but now you are it's a classic example of the the halo effects and it's a, it's a classic example of why dating apps can be so flawed because we must remember why these dating apps were formed in the first place they were formed to make things easier for people they were formed you know to make it easier for you to find somebody to go on a date with or whatever you know somebody that you could actually settle down with in the end but i think they've made it harder yeah I, I agree i think they have you're looking for that perfect person so if they don't have the dark hair the chiseled jawline then instantly it's just like well i'll swipe until yeah. i find someone that does yeah. and it's like our parents didn't find relationships based on these things that wasn't how because they didn't have an infinite amount of options and the grass wasn't always greener and that kind of thing they had to take people on they had to have conversations with people get to know people yeah. and get to you know embrace okay the deficiencies of a person because we all have them we all have flaws but also come to love the great things about that person as well and the way modern day dating is it just doesn't allow for that sort of nuance or anything like that it's very cutthroat you are not what i'm looking for goodbye yeah but it's it's, it's you're not what i'm looking for based on something as, as arbitrary as what you look like a 2d image Exactly. And I, I think as well, it makes things more difficult in the sense that the pool is, is oversaturated. If something becomes too easy, it becomes less enjoyable. It becomes less fun. And people start to take it for granted, if that makes sense. It's a lot harder to pull on a night out than it is to get one single solitary match on Tinder. If you're taking that for granted and you're going, you know what, I've got this 120 people I've got here on Tinder on my phone that I could strike up a conversation with. So I'm not going to strike up a conversation with any of them mm. because I wouldn't know where to start because there's 120 people. There's so there's too many fish in that pond. It's like when you have an, an email inbox of like a thousand unread emails. It's like, I can't even yeah. bother to attack that now. There is absolutely no incentive to pursue something with one single person when you think, well, I've got 119 other matches here and tomorrow I can swipe and get my daily kind of confidence boost and my daily affirmation when I match with 10 more people. But how meaningful is that match if you're matching and not messaging 57% mm -hmm. of tinder messages end 
after one message. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine it's a lot of guys being aired. It's a lot yeah. of guys being it's aired. The people matching are not messaging or guys probably sending girls, you know. I mean, to be fair, maybe they're saying something like, hey, which isn't yeah. ever really a good place to start. But some profiles don't facilitate anything more than that. You know, if there's no interest on there, no bio on there, no quirky pictures on there. And to be fair, you can't, you can't, you can't not plump for the hay, can you really? It's really difficult to know where to start a conversation as well. Like on a nightclub, in a nightclub situation, I always find that there is usually somewhere you can start, whether it's a little sort of dance on a on a well, nightclub, or you catch someone eye, or catch catch someone's eye, or you can just cold approach if you wanted to. But with a message, like you've got so little information to go with. You're in a vacuum if you're messaging. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You can't read the body language. <laughs> You, you can't even go off of things that are happening around you. Imagine if you go into a code, I've never had to pull a female in a club. You know? So but imagine you go up and you can use something that's going on around you to spark a talking point, you know? Oh, God, the bartender's taking age with that drink, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Something like that. But, I mean, then, what song is this? What's he, what's yeah. he playing? Yeah. Because that would be an organic way of starting a conversation <clears throat> in an organic situation, but it doesn't get any more inorganic and removed from the real world than Tinder. I have gone on this kind of pipeline from Tinder evangelical. Oh my God. I'm like a kid in a candy store. You know, this is amazing. Just because there's a plethora of men at your fingertips. To... There's other kids around me as well. Tinder, yeah. <laughs> just... Oh, come on. There must be a glitch in the system. <laughs> to um, a Tinder skeptic, I would say, I don't rate it as, as, I don't rate it as a tool for meeting people that you want something concrete with. I think it's an amazing way for me to make friends as a, as a gay person you know the common interest i think the dynamic would be completely different between a man and a woman on tinder mm. you're not really going to get a friendship out of that i don't think because men are from where are men from men, women are from venus men are from mars you know they're very different <laughs> shall we say as the saying goes but for me it's amazing to find people that i have common interests with and are part of the same community but whether i would date them uh, i don't think it's the most effective way of um of meeting somebody that you'd want a long-term relationship with yeah it's just it creates this sort of um very clear-cut cutthroat sort of this is the parameters that i'm interested in and life isn't really like that like already your your parameters are distance i'm putting it down to two kilometers five kilometers whatever already you're making it really cutthroat what if there is someone six kilometers away from you like yeah. you know like how, how you're sort of putting these really fine margins on things the specific age that you're looking for and then when people do come up if instinctively not the right hair color no no your chin's too small no, no exactly. not a chiseled jawline oh no your height you put down here that you're less than six foot no or you've caught you've maybe cropped that out of of the requirements and to begin with the heights perhaps yeah. some apps you can do that i don't think you can do it on tinder but i was saying to you there was a statistic that i saw which was like 85% of women have their height preferences set to above six foot. And yet in America, only 14% of men are above six foot. Yeah, and it's numbers. just like, it's just ridiculous. The numbers are very, very uh, skewed there. It gets worse though, doesn't it? Because there's that statistic that states that 89% of Tinder users in the UK are male, right? So obviously <laughs> that is a structural issue in terms of who is on Tinder on a very basic level. There are too many men on Tinder and not enough women on Tinder that feeds into this idea that women can afford to be more fussy on who they swipe right on mm. because there's an infinite supply of, of men as opposed to women. So men swipe right, well, how, you, you know these statistics, men swipe something like men swipe right 46% of the time. And women was, swipe right 14% of the time. Something yeah, similar. it was something like, I think it was men swipe right 60% of the time, women swipe right 4% of the time an even bigger discrepancy yeah and that boils down to the fact that there are not enough women or there are too many men on tinder <laughs> so women sort of the match rate for women is 10 percent. for every 100 men that women swipe on they get 10 matches right for men it's 0.6 percent <laughs> so a man could swipe right on 100 women on average a man swipes right on 100 women and doesn't get one match yeah it's half a match who wants half a match you don't want half a woman do you it makes sense <laughs> well some people might different yeah, well. preferences be inclusive yeah, well, Come some on. people are into that though aren't they some people just want half a woman there's, there's, yeah, exactly there's 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 porn categories that can cater to that anyway. <laughs> i wouldn't know i wouldn't know but the the sheer volume of men on tinder means that women can be more fussy and more picky it means that men are coming away from these apps very unsatisfied if you're a heterosexual man and also I, I can i can appreciate why women are more fussy in some uh circumstances because you've got to bear in mind 
they are the way some people talk about it is they are essentially the gatekeepers to uh, to having sex for example they're the ones that, that determine who um wh whether you have sex or not because the guy's default position is to um in, in a sense spread their seed kind of thing that's how we're genetically <laughs> wired guys have to think of reasons why not not to sleep with the woman whereas women think of reasons why to sleep with the man yeah so it's almost like inverse and obviously the woman has more risk here because they're the one that could get pregnant so obviously they're going to be more cautious about who they sleep with and that kind of thing and um, but obviously so the sort of addition of the way that tinder operates has added to that and exacerbated that to making it even more cautious around you know who they're even swiping right on and these kind of things and you can understand it obviously in some ways as well well of course you can because i don't think that they're in any position to to be particularly desperate because they've got this supply of men. 89% mm -hmm. of people on Tinder, millions of people that use it are men. And you've got this endless supply of men there for you. And also I think as well, in terms of the, the physical dynamics of going on the first date with somebody from Tinder, I would be a lot more apprehensive if I were a female going on a date with a male than I am being a male going on a date with a male, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Even just meeting for a, a walk, a drink, yeah. you know, something like that. It doesn't even have to be like a really formal date. Even just meeting is like that, yeah. again, for a, a woman could put them in a more vulnerable situation. It, it is inherently tougher to operate in society as, as a woman. I think that, the you know, simple things like the, spiking epidemic at universities last year around this time last year is something that attests to that because if you're a woman you're exponentially you know more at risk of being spiked than you are if you're a man i know it still happens to men but a lot less so obviously there are contingent risks of going on a first date and jumping in blind with a man but you remember back to the uni special where i said it, it's a very very potent way of changing your thinking when somebody comes to you with a proposition and instead of saying why shouldn't i do this you think to yourself why should i do this and it's that it's the flick of a switch right and obviously mm -hmm. you are right men do look i don't know why i don't know it's an evolutionary thing but they do look at reasons why they shouldn't have sex with a with a woman whereas a woman actively has to look at reasons why they're actively attracted to the man and that, that's manifesting itself in in women being harder to attain on, on tinder and that's how we're hardwired like that's how because we need to be like that in order to reproduce you know men have to think like that in order to you know continue to to spread their their genetics to the next sort of generation that kind of thing and obviously as well a lot of people are using tinder for, for very different reasons but the overwhelming the overwhelming reason why people are using tinder is for an ego or a confidence boost mm. and there's they, 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 there's some polling company i don't know people nine thousand millennials why using tinder 2% said for a relationship, which is lower than I expected. 2%. 22% said they were looking for a hookup. 44% said they were looking for a confidence boost. So oh, it's no. literally just a game. It's like you're playing Candy Crush or something at that point, isn't it? Well, this is the thing it is. It's about getting that hit of, oh, yeah, someone's attracted to me. Oh, yeah, yeah they like me. They like me. It's, that, it's like a slot machine of who's going who's yeah. gonna to like me today. today what could I get? Like what? What? What does like me? What do they look like? Yeah. Oh God, they don't look very good. Well, that's a bit. I'm offended by that. What guys that look like that are attracted think they could get me? Oh that's no, audacious. That's audacious. Yeah, and th that is the mentality of a lot yeah. of people. And yeah. and um, you know, it's a really interesting society that is breeding. Because <laughs> I mean, the the one positive to this, there is one positive. It gives men maybe women as well i'm looking at this from a man's perspective because i'm a man uh, but it gives men an advantage in person meeting women because not as many men are as confident or comfortable in doing that because they're all sort of on the phones getting yeah, used yeah. to doing it on the phones so it does give you an advantage in that sense if you can find the confidence and train that in yourself to approach in, in person then it can give you an advantage in that sense because not as many men are doing that yeah i do think as well like tinder is or has shifted the priorities that people, men and women, have when it comes to relationships to priorities that don't facilitate a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. It takes you five seconds to look at somebody and decide whether you want to swipe left or right or not, and you're basing that on their face, right? So yeah. then you swipe, this is perfect, we'll go on a date together. We've both, we're both attractive, we're both attracted to each other, we'll arrange a date together. And then you go on the date, and then maybe after a couple of dates, you know, you know what, we're having a lovely time and you're lovely to look at, let's hanker down for the long term. How long before that fizzles out? Because you don't have that organic kind of 
we got along so well. I didn't think they were attractive at first, but the personality really swung it for me type thing. The personalities, I think that matters the long term. That's the thing that's not going to change. Those looks are changing, let me tell you. It's the thing that's not going to change. And also, just from my perspective, but I think it's a general kind of truism. It's a lot, lot harder to find somebody with a compatible personality to you that you just kind of work together in symbiosis than it is to find somebody that you're attracted to. Exactly. I mean, there's about 100 million people that I'm probably attracted to yeah. most of them i want to be in a relationship with them yeah. jesus christ no no way i'd pay to not be in a relationship with them yeah. do they look good yeah i think previously i've matched with people on tinder and then had a conversation a pretty long drawn out conversation and gone off them because mm-hmm. i thought you know you might be you know, obnoxious or boring or something you know but even that's work. difficult to tell because that's over message yeah. So even that's like a sort of veil of, I mean, I'm rubbish at messaging. I probably come across as so boring of a message is why yeah. I don't bother with dating apps. So like, I'm, I'm sort of like, I wouldn't consider myself to be a really boring person to be around. So I'm just yeah. not presenting myself in a good way of a message. And it's like, oh, this is why I just don't bother with it. I'm just, I'm so much better off meeting people in person, much prefer it. But yeah. I just think this idea of, think of all the potential futures that you're swiping left to. Like yeah. imagine each individual person that you could have a future with that individual person and you're just from a glance. That's what you're you're doing that to all those potential futures. No, yeah, it's no. based on based on obviously you can't give everybody a chance. And, and to of a similar course. extent, if you're if you're in a club getting to know people, you're not going to approach somebody that that on the surface that, that you're not attracted to. So mm. there's a similar kind of principle there that you can gain a lot, I think. You can learn a lot from somebody by observing the way that they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. And the eye contact you make with somebody can also have a big impact. Yeah. Whereas on Tinder, you're never going to get that. You're never going to get that. So I I just think, for me, I will, I will use it to make friends. And I used to say, but it's, it's brilliant because for me, even as a gay person, you know, it's, it's a surefire way of knowing who's gay and who's not, and who's into me and who's not, blah, 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 all this. If you want to meet gay people, go to a gay club. <laughs> don't need <laughs> the app. Lots of them there. Yeah, you ask if you, if you what do you know? Seek and you shall find them. Like you know, like there's also a lot of middle-aged women as well. I've got to say, a lot. They of do love it. Women. The mums do love it, but you know, I'm, I'm the darling of the mums as well as the gays. So <laughs> I mean, I don't mind that they can stay. But yeah, no, like I just think oh, it performs an important tool in knowing who's gay. Go to a gay club and know pull try and pull somebody there they won't have a problem with you um if they're straight because they're in a gay club so uh, they won't go along with it maybe (laughs) but you know they won't have a problem with it so for me there's the only use of it would be to if i was in a city for a week solo traveling you go to a gay bit of a town or whatever see who's about Mm -hmm. get some travel tips meet somebody become friends with them but well, maybe that also speaks to where I'm at mentally in the sense, you know, in the sense that I don't want a relationship. Anyway, so I yeah, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Like, I'm not sitting here saying I'll never download a dating app ever again or anything like that. But what I am saying is every time I will come to the same conclusion by the end of it. <laughs> I might be on it a week, two weeks. I'll come to the same conclusion I'm at now. Yeah. But it's, you know, sometimes it's cyclical. Sometimes you just got to sort of go through it, that, that sort of habitual cycle of, Oh, go on, we'll get this. Yes, here you go on. I'll try a look this time. And like you say, you do, you can sometimes meet a couple of people or message a couple of people that you can be friends with or like yeah. you know, speak to them in a friendly way. That, that is a, a fairly good way. But a lot of people, and those percentages, that those percentages don't surprise me too much, actually, because a lot of people are just on it there for a confidence boost. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I have to say, if, if I'm on there and somebody asks me, it's quite a common question, like, oh, so what are you on here for? What are you looking for? That question strikes the fear of God into me because I don't know. Aren't we all just faking it? You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. I'm talking about anything particular. I've asked girls that question a number of times and they like, never gets a response. It, I would say something like I'm just going with the flow and seeing what happens or something. That's like that. what everyone says. That's something everyone nebulous says. because yeah. we don't, I don't know what I'm looking for. I know what I'm not well, looking this... for. This is the issue. People go onto Tinder thinking that they're looking for this relationship. I'm looking for love. They think that they are, but then in reality, they don't know what they're looking for. They're just, you know, waltzing around trying. This is what young people do. You're in your early 20s or, you know, late teens or whatever. You don't know, like, what you want yet. You're figuring that out still. Like, this is ridiculous for anybody to think they know what they want. It's sort of embedded into our sort of demographic age, you know. I do find the question, and I've posed it myself a multitude of times but 
the question, do you know what you're looking for? Inherent within that is the assumption that you should know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Most people don't. They shouldn't at this stage. And also, you shouldn't be looking for something because I think that the, the best things happen to you when you don't expect it. Mm -hmm. And that completely is, you know, is antithetical to the means of Tinder because on Tinder, you, you're on there for a reason in a way, aren't you? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not out of the blue if you you know how did you meet oh we matched and then spoke for a week and then went on a date it happens when you least expect it in a club it's you know it starts with the eye contact maybe and then bam you're in there it's like shall i get you a drink and then before you know it you know you're not even aware of it but before you know it you're getting to know somebody on that kind of stratospheric level you know the, the level of which you don't know anybody else and then suddenly you're a boyfriend and girlfriend or boyfriend and boyfriend girlfriend. this i this idea of you know what you're what you're looking for also implies that there's something to be found, not necessarily like maybe yeah. you're not maybe you actually there isn't anything to be found at the moment, and actually you're just happy by yourself. Like, there's nothing wrong with mm -hmm. with that, and you you're not seeking anything. Um, but it is interesting. I think people just go on it because that's what everyone does: yeah. confidence boost, uh, and it's just like seeing what's in the area. What could I get? Like what even if I'm not that interested in anything, and I I do think that for the vast majority of men, it's just a waste of time. I think it is, and I think that the problem will go uh, at least a, a little way to being solved if all the men in the world that were on Tinder listen to this, and then a decent proportion of them deleted it, because yeah. at least then we'd have parity between the men and the women on there. Delete it. Get a personality and start <laughs> to learn how to approach people and talk to people in a bar in a club. That's what they should be doing. Not all oh, just, you know, fawning over these sort of women's pictures and be like, oh, God, yeah, yeah. Oh, and all this sort of messaging nonsense. No, no, no. Develop yeah. a personality. Come on, put the gecko away. They always have a pet gecko, these people. <laughs> a long beard and a pet gecko. You know the sorts. Fed up with it. It's, uh, I do find it weird. The idea of ugly men ogling attractive women on dating apps, I do feel is a bit like a man stood on the street outside a sexy woman's window and she happens to be getting changed but while the <laughs> open and the lights are on and he's just there and he's just there on the like mate move on like yeah. she put herself there inadvertently she didn't know you were going to be there you've got no. no chance with her swipe left or no. walk away from the window and move on you know like why are you there you know it's a better place you're drinking monster you <laughs> no chance mate come on well, i mean you live in your mum's basement so you need yeah. to well you need to kind of maybe branch out a bit more because i think He's women pet gecko women, though. women women care about that stuff more than they would care about him having a neck beard <laughs> and bo maybe but you well, the bo is a big factor for me that's a turn off for me so you can't smell that through tinder so Good that point. is a big issue that's, that's why they're on it it's, it's another chalk in the against tinder column but that's why they're on it though isn't it so you can't smell it it's the only place you can <laughs> you still have to put the pictures on though i do swipe on some people sometimes and i think that's the best picture you've got <laughs> the one that's the one that's the first picture yeah that's, that's probably my one. profile that's not that you're swiping on my profile yeah no, no. <laughs> that's definitely that was what, what my profile looks like i don't have a lot of good pictures of me this is the thing i need i need a photographer and also you do have that personality that really would shine through anyway and, and you know you're not one of those people that would go up to somebody in a club and then just stand there and expect them to talk to you or be like awkward like you do have that kind of banter going for you don't you just Which about way? yeah just about but i mean that's one thing that women do have over guys for sure is the ability to take good pictures of themselves i've got no idea how they've managed it look i know how to use photoshop and even i'm looking at some of their pictures i'm like jesus you've <laughs> done a hell of a job there i mean all these different angles like taking a picture from above so that you don't get the, the second chin in and that kind yeah, of thing yeah. all these kind of things like the filters that smooth the skin and change the shape of their eyes and the nose and give you sort of you know red cheeks and all these kind of things i'm like you're a different person and you like swiping through the pictures and they're just like it's six different pictures that look like six different people and i'm like <laughs> which which one am i getting here do you yeah. know what i mean like is am i getting a choice that is it do you know what i mean it's, it's ridiculous it's like i play oh. some sort of video game i've got to choose the character i'm playing as it's all ridiculously superficial even down to i'm guilty of this as well. i look at where people have gone to uni or if they've gone to mm -hmm. uni i do that because so you are looking for kind of short skirts and um heuristics into i can't get to know everybody so i've got to filter some people out somehow so how do i do this and you do you go for the looks you go where they go to uni what's is the bio saying anything it's got the height in left even if it's six two don't put it in there 
we should be clear on this. We're not sat here saying we're above all this and we're better. Than... We're right. just as guilty as this as, as everyone else. We're just wanting to try and improve ourselves by sort of, you know, changing our behaviors and that kind of thing to, to try yeah. and interact with these things in a healthier way. Yeah, because I would say probably part of the problem because when I am on Tinder, you know what, I've deleted it and redownloaded it so much. I'm not even sure if I'm still on there or not now, but I might, <laughs> if anybody's seen me on there, please tell me. But being on there, you become part of the problem because you have to subscribe to the norms on there. Mm-hmm. And if I if I do redownload it, I do go on there, I will subscribe to the norms. I will make sure my profile is as good as it can be. In Optimized. Optimized. Yeah, like, that's good for I would Optimize my profile to maximize the matches. This feels like a business meeting, you know, in order to present myself in a certain way. And that will be through the pictures that I think are best of myself, a bio that I think advertises myself the best. You know, you stick your music taste on there. Apparently that's... I was doing a bit of research for this pod. Apparently, um, people that put their Spotify on their music, on their, you know, their little music bit on their profile, are eighty-three percent more likely to get matches. And but it's like, just like so ridiculous. Like I, again, I ask myself, like, do my mum and dad have the same music interest? No, no, they definitely yeah. don't. But in today's generation, it's like, well, we'll be able to go to the same gigs together, and that'll yeah. be romantic because <laughs> that'll make a great TikTok. Yeah, as if that matters. Um, at least you'll be able to agree on a wedding song because obviously if it comes from Tinder, you are inevitably getting married. And obviously the first it'll, it'll be whatever's trendy on TikTok, I imagine. But, I, but I, I do subscribe to those norms and will subscribe to those norms, but it doesn't make it right. No, exactly. It's not like you're going to be giving you know any any old guy a, a chance when you're swiping, no. is it? Do you know I mean you'll be you'll be doing the exact same things that everyone else is doing because that's embedded into the platform. Yeah, and I think I think being gay and being on Tinder, it's like playing Tinder on easy mode compared to you know if you look at the statistics for for heterosexual men on there. Obviously, you had it in Paris, didn't you? You turned gay yeah. in Paris. Well, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I downloaded these dating apps as a way of trying to make connections in Paris. I thought this would be a good way. I'm looking for someone to be a cameraman or woman. So I thought, well, I'm going to put men and women on the apps. I hate you know, it when I confuse Tinder with LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing you can select on. I think it's done as Bumble or Hinge. You can select like for friends, yeah. that kind of thing. And I made it very clear in the bio. I'm not looking for anything here. Like, I'm just looking for someone to help me film in English and French as well. Well, I didn't think <laughs> of that far. I just but I'm English. <laughs> how we're filming and the amount of guys that were swiping right I couldn't believe it and these weren't just any guy these were good looking French guys and I was like this was a surprise here they're swiping right I mean I couldn't believe it so it was very very surprising and they weren't swiping right in a friend's way either they hadn't read the bio and were just being lazy and were like oh so you're looking for a, a Paris boy I am like no not looking for Paris but looking for a, someone to film actually yeah. Anthony it is interesting though because that Remy. Would, that would <laughs> from Ratatouille. That would point to the existence of a problem that is a problem on the opposite end of the scale to say what, what, what you'd have. If there's too many people swiping right, and that's a universal kind of gay thing, I would say, you know, not to be big headed, the pool is oversaturated. There's no incentive to really put the effort in with one person when you've got 10, 15, 20, 30, that, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you have the opposite. You don't, it's not that you're not getting any action, you know, like most, a lot of men do, shall we say. It's that there's too much, there's too much going on there. And it's not just a, it's me, I've got too much to choose from. If everybody's got too many options to choose from, nobody is going to select one person. It's like a traffic jam. There's just too much congestion, yeah. isn't there? It, it, it would just be a, a free-for-all. And I don't know why I sound so frustrated because I'm actually <laughs> asked about it, but it, but it, it, it is an issue. The only positive with, in, in a, with gay relationships in that sense is that there are there's less consequences for gay guys in terms of you're not there's not going to be a nine month pregnancy kind of thing like it doesn't bring the whole sort of childhood obviously it has other things but there's not the sort of the idea of a child being born as a result of having sex that kind of thing and I was I saw a statistic somewhere and I think it was like um, the average heterosexual man has we're going to completely butcher this I feel like it was between four and six sexual partners. The average lesbian woman has between four and six, mm. whereas the average gay guy has, I think it was between 16 and 20 or something like that. And the interesting thing behind that is because it, it falls into that sort of cliche, doesn't it? That that, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But I think there is actually biological reasons behind that. As I was saying before about the sort of gateway that women have of holding the sort of uh, ability to have sex or not. 
when it's two men, there isn't that gateway. And I, oh. men's default position is to procreate, not that yeah. gay people are procreating. That's not the... And maybe that's the reason why there, there is more sexual partners statistically, supposedly. Yeah. Perhaps that's part of the reasoning because there's sort of, there isn't that, that consequence there. That statistic automatically inherently controls for the danger of childbirth aspect because the lesbian sexual yeah. partners is the same as the, 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 the straight. I don't know whether it's a male sexual energy. What's the word? Sexual libido type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, sexual desire and men just can't control it. I don't know. Or whether because of the hypersexualization of, of heterosexual men since the 70s and 80s. When I mean, if, if you look back at the AIDS epidemic with politicians from all sides and you know high society and establishments blaming gay men for the spread of AIDS and HIV by saying they're having too much sex, they're living mm. these free lifestyles as, as gay men typically do, whether the, the legacies of that kind of characterization, that hypersexualization, are still found today and it's it's more a case of a gay people a gay men looking and going i'm a gay man it's normal for me to have this many sexual partners like inherently because society has hypersexualized gay men and has propagated these i would say i would in the, in the 80s i think that they, they were myths i don't think gay men in the 80s were having so much sex that they were single-handedly responsible for the, the spread of hiv and that they were the you know sole problem there but that's how politicians painted it. They're having too much sex, having too much sex. So whether do, 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 do today's gay men inherit that legacy? And do they have so much sex because historically they've been characterised as having so much sex? Perhaps. I think there's also something else as well. Um, I don't think that gay men are having too much sex at all. I think gay men are having the amount of sex that heterosexual men would have if they could. Yeah. But they can't. That's the, that's the only difference there. It's not the game of having the... loads and loads of sex. It's that men would be having that much sex yeah. if they could. They there simply just are, are not able to. I don't know what the lesbians <laughs> Some can. What are the lesbians up to, man? They, what? Yeah, they, don't, don't, uh... they don't have a lesbian equivalent of grind, though, which would really hasten, I think. Because <laughs> I saw, I was shocked when I saw the statistic, and it was, it was obviously heterosexuals. 22% of people use Tinder for a hookup. Why don't you do that? Because there's another app that satiates that desire if I feel yeah. that way inclined. And I don't think there's a lesbian equivalent. But you are right. I think that when you think about the amount of, of, of opportunities that heterosexual men actually have to have sex with women, it's, it's very few and far between. In, in, in their ideal world, they would have as many sexual partners. Which is sort of counterintuitive given the fact that there's obviously more heterosexual men and women around. It's a bit weird, isn't it? They yeah. do have more people to choose. Are there just a lot of people? That... I did read an article the other day that, that millennials and Gen, was it Gen Z, Gen Z, mm-hmm. uh, people, exactly. they're having less sex than than any generation before them. Because I don't know what that, I don't want to sound like a boomer and say they're spending too much time on TikTok. <laughs> I spend too much time on TikTok and still have sex. So it can't be that. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing. That's absolutely right. Like the stats do show that. The stats, they show lots, there's lots of different statistics. For example, like um, drinking's gone down, smoking's gone down. Vaping but, through the roof, though, which is brilliant. Yes, if you're interested in looking like an absolute whopper. That's annoying me. Everyone, literally everyone on night out's doing it now. It's just yep. everyone. Um, but sex has also gone down. Video yep. game usage has gone up, interestingly. Yep. Uh, and I imagine also social media. What was that? UCA 6 on the way soon. <laughs> we'll do a podcast about that at some point. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's it is interesting that that sex has gone down substantially, and I wonder if rather than helping things, Tinder has actually perhaps put a barrier in front of things, which is the phone. Yeah, yeah. so I think. Listen, I think I I look at it this way. I think a lot of women maybe look at it this way. Tinder is like having an all-you-can-eat buffet laid out in your front room every day. There's the convenience there. There's the ease of access there. You know, it's there. It's a surefire way. It's guaranteed sex if you want it it's guaranteed if i wanted a boyfriend within a week you know mm. if i match with people that i want to match with that i'm attracted with and you put the effort in with those people i could hit it off within a week within two weeks like i'm already getting that for two weeks <laughs> right and i'd hit it off and then we go for drinks and then you know first date tens and second date tens and third date i could have that if i wanted it i don't want it mm. and that's not me being big-headed because talk to anybody that's my way inclined talk to a woman who's you know men are swiping right at 40, 46% of women women could they could probably have it on a plate if they wanted it's just that knowing that you can have it so you don't need to prove that you just know i don't need to have sex to know that i can have it 
You know what I mean? And also, is is a woman really going to go on an app to have sex with somebody? Like, I don't. It's just not particularly safe. It doesn't feel like a safe environment, does it? Do you know what I mean, because obviously there's the the sort of the average strength of a man's difference the average strength of a woman, yeah. and it puts them into a more vulnerable position. So that is the main sort of reason I think why this just isn't happening. There isn't the sort of flow of women on these apps because it is a quite a precarious situation to put yourself into meeting a yeah. random man from an app. I only know of women that have happened to have sex with people they met through those apps when they've realised, so it's at uni, when they've realised that they have mutual friends. Right, yeah. So they know people, oh, you know X and Y, you follow them on Instagram, or they're in my college. Oh, they're fun, I know them through this, and then suddenly you start talking. They're a nice guy. You're all right with him. Yeah. So it's not completely random in that sense. It's not completely blind in that sense. And I I would say if I've used an app to have sex, it's, it's never been with somebody that I didn't either have mutual friends with or already know. Mm-hmm. You're already sort of aware of them. Yeah. And I think one one little tip, I mean, me giving tips for people on Tinder, that's an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> um, but one tip is to, rather than it be a Tinder thing, make, go for somebody that's got their Instagram in their bio and just go straight to Instagram. Don't don't match them on Tinder. Don't message them on Tinder. Just go straight to their Instagram and message them. Now it might seem a little bit out of the blue, perhaps, but you're no you're no longer going to be seen as oh that's the guy I met on Tinder. Instantly you become okay. Yeah, he dropped me a DM, and that's seen as a, as better than I matched on Tinder. You know, the Instagram is a much better way for for a lot of people. It's perceived better anyway. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I think I got to a point. It was last summer actually. I just got back off of a holiday, and I just remember thinking, you know, summer not really time for anything serious. Let's just mess around a bit. And I didn't re-download Tinder coming off holiday. Didn't even use a grind or anything like that. What I did, I followed a fair few gay people on Instagram already who I'd matched with before, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you could tell. I would get suggestions on my Instagram of people to follow. And I'd be like, I've got an idea who these people are. And then I look and I go, like they gay because they've got all these gays following them. And then if they happen to take my fancy, I just follow them out of nowhere and send them a DM. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, you might say that's there's a confidence there, isn't there, and all that. But I'm still talking to some people now, <coughs> a year on, where I just DM them out. The blue. People don't mind it. People don't find it weird at all. It's all about this kind of shoot your shot kind of culture isn't it this kind of for me it's completely alien for somebody to like somebody for a prolonged period of time and not say anything or do anything about it and um, whereas that's i think very normal for the vast majority of people and interestingly and probably very very normal for women looking at i haven't got statistics to hand here but the the proportion of times that they message first is is pretty low yeah the amount of women that like a guy but will never make the first move and it's like why not why not yeah. but it's seen as sort of weird or unusual or oh, no that's a man's job to do that kind of thing and there's it's interesting that that that's sort of yeah become a thing or, or or is a thing i think it's a thing that is inherent in in people of all genders and all sexual orientation i've had it before where people had come to me and going what did you not know he liked you no fucking idea like, never messaged me because i see if, if i like somebody i message them so i think i'm in the minority here the the vivacious free living overconfident minority i suppose so I'd, I'd, I'd happily be there but i think it is the norm yeah and i have just Very recently cool. entered that minority i'm officially a minority yep okay. <laughs> in uh, the, last, the oppression olympics welcome last well i'm already strawberry you can, blonde, have, a, so. you can have a bronze Bronze, um, bronze medal for that. I, I, I may as well bring this up on the podcast whilst we're on the topic. Um, we were talking about DMing people on, on Instagram. Yeah. And for the first time ever, yeah. I DM someone asking them for out uh, for a drink Gosh. this week. Yeah. She said no. I'm but <laughs> but wait, this this is the thing because I don't no, I no, I keep it in. It's <laughs> fantastic. Um, <laughs> no, it's brilliant. It's I think it's fantastic. Here's the thing. I, I don't care that, that she said no, to be honest with you. I would have liked the fact that I would have liked to have gone for a drink with her. Obviously, that's why I asked her. Yeah. But I certainly didn't come away from that going, oh, God, no, she said no. She basically just said, um, oh, sorry, I'm actually, I've got, I'm really interested in this guy at the moment. I'd rather focus on him. Fair enough. The main thing about that is I now know where she stands yeah. and the landscape is clear. I don't have, I don't end up spending time thinking, what could it be? No, could I ask about? Oh, I don't wa- waste both of our time if yeah, I don't know what the landscape is. It's the most time efficient way of going about it because you're not 
kicking around, say you left it another couple of weeks thinking, should I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I overthink it all the time? Or for it to turn out in that manner would be a mm-hmm. complete and, and total waste of time. And I also think as an important kind of side note, if you are somebody that would be bothered by somebody saying no, don't send the message in the first place because it's probably going to do more harm than good. There's a lot of but risk this- there. The only reason I do it, and I think you're on a similar page, is because for me, it's not some kind of zero sum kind of game. It's an either, it's a win-win. I either message back, in which case, perfect, God, yeah, you're fit, get in. Or it's a, they ignore your message or they don't reply or they reply with a dead reply or the conversation fiddles, fizzles out or whatever. And then it's kind of like, well, at least we know where we stand. Like at exactly. least let's say there was no kind of, effort put in there but this is the thing i'm now of that sort of opinion i think now of being like yeah there's there's somebody i think that i'm attracted to and it's sort of feasible for us to go for a drink or something or go for a walk whatever the first sort of initial step i want to take is then i'll message them and i think i've just got into that mentality of being like what's the worst that happens like they they say no i don't i didn't even feel rejected by it i was just kind of like yeah she's interested in the guy at the moment that makes perfect sense i even put back to her completely respect that you know it's just like what else can you say that I didn't feel rejected she hadn't even explicitly said no she was sort of like oh that would have been nice but sorry I'm interested in this guy I just now don't have to waste any time thinking what could have been no and also I feel as if as if realistically it only takes one person to say yes Mm -hmm. and then you might be on to a winner or you might get whatever you're looking for out of that anyway be it a long-term relationship or a benefits thing or just a nice drink a nice couple of dates with somebody it only takes one person to say yes i feel like we live in a world of instant gratification and the kind of i can't believe he doesn't like me or whatever when really you look at the bigger picture there are so many people out there so many potential people for you to meet out there that putting all your eggs in one basket completely when you're single doesn't make any sense and that's something that i've learned yeah you can definitely get into that situation quite quite easily get into that sort of mindset so it's quite an easy thing to do and i think the key thing when it comes to the dm whole sort of dming on instagram is um be pretty clear like you know in asking them make sure you've had some generally make sure you've had some sort of conversation beforehand that generally helps you're gonna say make sure you have some have some drinks beforehand to build up the courage and then (laughs) definitely don't do that that's not my advice it should come from within um but you know maybe reply to a few stories or something like that but even if they do say no they're not interested or sorry i'm interested in someone else or i have a, a boyfriend you know it's not personal it's not a personal rejection it's just they have a different they, they have a different set of priorities at the moment or maybe they're just not attracted to you like it's nothing to be sort of taken to heart and this yeah. is why I think you've got to do it as early as possible because if you leave it if you have a, a crush as I'm going to call it, on someone for six months which for very high school very cringe so it's not a shiver through me I don't know if you I saw know. it I had a shiver down my spine it's because she used the word about the, the guy that she was oh, I have a she crush likes. Yeah, yeah um but if you allow that to happen <laughs> if you allow that to, to go on for six months let's let's say and then you get rejected it's even worse it's if so, you if you if you've yeah. only had it build up in your mind for two you weeks about these scenarios but if you've only been attracted to her or known of her existence for two or three weeks yeah it's a lot less well it's not lower near as bad because you've not built it up in your head of what could be six months if you wait then yeah. or a year 18 months and then they say no and it feels like you've been completely rejected. Well, six you know months I mean? where she's been treating you in a, a friendly manner and you've been thinking that she's been flirting and wires have been crossed in that manner. I do. I'm a big believer in uh, just just send a message. And, yeah. you know, and also, like... The sooner you do it, the better. If we assume that she is interested in, in somebody else, and I've got, I've got no the, the reason not to assume that. Yeah, she is. I met her on a night out. She was not talking about it on the night out. At least it, at least it sends off the right signal to her in a sense that if things fall through with this guy well then maybe give her a bit of time we don't have a rebound so give her a bit of time to heal <laughs> i don't mind she, at least she knows that you like her in that sense whereas if i blame her i blame those kind of corny american teen movies for this because the quiet guy always seems to get the fit blonde girl in these movies. we do but you do <laughs> in the movies in the oh, movies. Right, okay. but in, in real life you have to give off these signals that you actually like somebody and i'm sorry but it's not gonna you're not gonna bump into them in the, the school corridor and she's not gonna spill a orange juice you know down you and whatever and you're gonna have a romantic moment you've got to make these things happen you, you don't get you don't catch a fish unless you throw your rod out into the lake yeah you've got to buy a ticket to win the lottery that sounds better i think but i do also <laughs> prefer you can use that one you can use fish. that one 
You can use prefer, that one. I prefer catching fish, so I'm a pescatarian. It's, uh, it's for sustenance, isn't it? It's for sustenance. I think we'll wrap up on, on that note. I do have one final thing to say, and that is um, congratulations to Molly May on her pregnancy. Um, I know it's, it's, no, it's, deeply, it's deeply affected me, and I just got really emotional when I saw her Instagram post that yeah. was perfectly curated. I was just yeah. like, this is so bloody romantic, the black and white filter. I got, did I send you the, uh, the video of, I think it was Luca from this year's Love Island on his date, and they were by a pool, and he was asking if, uh, if the woman from Love Island wanted to be his, uh, his girlfriend or whatever, and it said, like, will you be my girlfriend in balloons on the pool? But it was like perfectly shot from every angle. They must have had about six cameras there. Like, trying You've got to, to get a good Instagram else. picture, otherwise what's the point of the relationship? A very, intimate, a very intimate moment, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, yeah. I, get, I get annoyed when people I know post pictures of their babies on Facebook, so Molly May, I'm going to... It's a baby, isn't it? Well, I just want to say congratulations to her. They're a lovely couple. I respect them deeply. Um, and, and I know what we're all thinking. Is it going to be a boy or a girl? <laughs> the big question. Do you think they'll do a gender reveal or is that is that frowned upon? I hope, I hope they live stream it. It's not frowned upon. It's become a bigger thing. But got, there's people flying helicopters in, like with blue spray and stuff. I thought it it's... got a bit much when they got Harry Kane to boot a ball at a like a, I mean, a ball, another ball, and the ball, the other ball exploded. Just and it came ridiculous, out isn't it? But I, I don't think that they should do that. I think they should let the baby choose what gender they are. They should choose it, like Paul the Octopus chose uh, <laughs> winners of football matches at the yeah. 2010 World Cup. I think he just slithered over to a box and it had a flag on it. So if we have a, mm-hmm. red bo- uh, a pink box and a blue box, let the baby crawl, and whichever box it picks up, it obviously if it picks up the pink one. Well, and a non-binary box as well. What colour would that be? Um, rainbow. <laughs> That's our flag. Rainbow. That's our flag. Well, don't come on. That means the baby's gay. Well, I quite like a gay baby. And on that note, we'll end up there. Thank you so much. <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. I'll see you later.